Yes, that was an embarrassing loss in the NIT tournament inside an embarrassingly empty Galgar Iba Arena. But have no fear, spring football season is finally here. You are a locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. all and hello all welcome back to locked on oklahoma state your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related my name is cody stovall i want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen today here on locked on oklahoma state today's a very uh very interesting day because clearly what happened in basketball it's rough Um, And there's a lot of ways that you can overcome the rough parts in life. Uh, But you specifically, maybe you should check out FanDuel. Uh, That's that's our our partner for the day. They're going to help you improve your life. But goodness me, what a rough loss. Uh, We lost to North Texas in the NIT tournament. And, you know, it's just, I I don't care that North Texas is pretty good. Like, I get that. I watched the game. Okay. But it's North Texas. Right. And we were uh, resume. We were clearly the best team in the NIT because we were the, the first team out of making the NCAA tournament. So by default, if you're the best team that didn't get in, then you should logically at least make it to the NIT championship game. Now, I do buy a lot of stock in Mike Boynton. I do think that next year's make or break for him, but it's a make or break for a lot of people, in my personal opinion. And whenever you, you dive into the basketball side of things, you know, we're, we're going to have the opportunity for a lot of these guys to come back for another year. On top of that, we also have a top 10 recruiting class coming in. So I think uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't give Mike Boynton at least one more opportunity. We're giving coaches opportunities, right? This coming season's a good opportunity for Mike Gundy. And I'll be honest with you, this has been the most difficult process ever. And uh, acquiring some of the nuances of what's going on. So Oklahoma state does a really good job of, of bottlenecking their uh, information and, and kind of keeping it in house for the most part. And I understand a good chunk of that. Some of it, obviously I don't disagree with, or I don't agree with, but by and large, like I completely get it. So let's kind of break down, uh, some of what we do know right now coming into the spring. Uh, one of the biggest things is we're going to have almost 30 new players. we got 28 new players right now. And then whenever we go into fall camp, uh, the total will balloon up to like 37, 38 new players collectively. And the reason I bring that up is because if you look at some of um, the the interviews recently, you're hearing a lot of things like we have a new scheme here. We have a new fit here. We have a new system here. We have a new design here. And, And the position changes that you're seeing are very indicative of that. And, you know, we talked, um, not we, Coach Mike Gundy did talk recently about how we lost a lot of uh, maturity. So if we peel back the layers of the onion, is all this talk setting us up for a quote-unquote rebuild? Like, I, I certainly hope that I'm wrong, 
But verbiage is important. And the vernacular that you use is typically a pretty good indication of how things are going or what direction things are going. So when you hear a lot of, well, we have new this, new that, new this, new that, new this, new that, new players, new scheme, new fit, new deed, new DC, all that. When you hear that, and then you also hear that we lost a lot of maturity, those are usually, right, those are usually precursors to be prepared for a little bit of a struggle bus. And Gundy did also talk about how, realistically speaking, coming into the season, nobody really knows what they have anymore for the most part because, again, you're breaking a lot of new players. Now, this is new territory for Gundy. Gundy has been a pretty staunch defender of not jumping in the portal. Uh, thankfully, uh, we had some coaches on staff that were recruiting heavily in the transfer market, so it worked out well for us, as we've talked about before. Uh, if you look at uh, on three sports, right, the day of signing day, they had us classified as the number one transfer class in America. 247 scout, the list goes on and on. They all put us right around that top five range for the transfer class. So we know that the transfer portal did work in our favor this year. And and the guys that we lost, yeah, it's important. But, you know, I've, I've talked about it on the show. I've, I've been on Spitter, Twitter spaces talking about it. Realistically, you got to take into consideration what you lost. Okay. We lost Spencer Sanders, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, you lose Trace Ford, although Trace Ford was rotating with Colin Oliver as it set. So even, even though Trace Ford was an, a potential NFL caliber dude, he just he could never stay healthy enough to be on the field. And this last season, he was a rotational piece. And then he got injured again. So it's not a big. I don't know, surprised to me that he transferred. Some of the medical stuff they had happened at Oklahoma State, it was a good opportunity for OU to sales pitch uh, the, the medical staff and, and, and things of that nature. So good on OU, good sales pitch. They took advantage of his situation. So you lose somebody like a Trace Ford. But again, it's not like he was an every down starter anybody. He was somebody that was already rotating. So yeah, it's a big loss, but it's not as big a loss as people want to put on paper. Jabbar Muhammad. Yeah, we lost a corner to, to Washington, which I will never understand why somebody would leave Oklahoma State University to go to flipping fracking Washington. It's, it's dumb. I know that nowadays the money side of things does have to come into play. I get that. But you lose Jabbar Muhammad. Okay, so that's another loss. Uh, you go look at safety. You, you lose Jason Taylor the third. It is obviously a very big loss. But then outside of that, what do you lose? Um, you lost, you know, a, a receiver and Bryson Green that proved that he could be a very valuable get, but we also saw on film that he takes some plays off, right? So is it a big loss? I don't know. Um, somebody else like a Braylon Presley. Um, is it a big loss? Probably, probably not. But uh, the only big loss we're going to see in wide receiver room, in my opinion, is, is Stephon Johnson Jr., right? Boogie's going to be a, a big loss. But if the simplification of an offense is realistic, and we are seeing signs of that, then it's not that big of a deal anyways. But you know what is a big deal for you to get yourself in the best position to make a little extra extra change? And who doesn't want to make a little bit of extra money right now in today's society? So, if your change is acting a little strange, your money's acting a little funny, maybe you can help yourself. The tournament is definitely heating up. Um, it's busted everybody's brackets all over the place. This has been the wildest year to do a bracket, which was fun. Like, we jumped in a big O-State group, right, of, of us. And I'm being like 20-something people, I guess. And we weren't in the tournament. And I was still 
feeling pretty jaded. So I didn't put a lot of effort into it. Matter of fact, I had Oral Roberts University because they're from Oklahoma. I had them go into like the Elite Eight or Sweet 16. I just I had fun with it. My brackets, my brackets crap, but it's still a lot of fun to keep up with it, right? Because as the bracket narrows, I still have a lot of teams in. Even though I've had a lot of teams lose, I still have a lot of teams that are can make the final four. So I, I have a shot. As they say. So you're saying there's a chance. But do not miss out on this opportunity right now. It is America's number one sports book in FanDuel. You're going to get the no sweat first bet, which is up to $1,000 back on first bets, on bonus bets, if your first bet does not win. So just download the FanDuel app right now. It is safe, secure, and obviously super easy to use. You know you can bet on a multitude of things, money lines, point spreads, point scorers, threes drained, uh, next possession. And then you can also... Combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with the same game parlay. Do not miss your chance to get your hands on this no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more now. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right. So now let's kind of, uh, you know, Stay on this the spring trend. I don't I don't want to buy that we're in a rebuild. I don't. I don't at all. But th- that seems to be the verbiage that we're purposely putting out there. And you know, if we're going from the, the, the salesmanship aspect, right? Under the pro- um, under promise, over deliver. If we're doing that, okay, that's great. I'm fine with that. And we're really in that position where we need to win. We knew this last season we had a lot of question marks. So as a staff, right? Not necessarily players, but as a staff. And we didn't do anything uh, realistically to change that, right? So Gundy's doubling down on last season. Um, so he's really he's really put himself in a position where he needs to win. Um, another thing that I, I've seen recently, right? Some of the, the conversations that I've seen on, on social media about Gundy's comments about uh, Coach Brian Nardo uh, being the best coach available for us here at Oklahoma State, right? That's the exact quote. Best coach available for us here at Oklahoma State. And then he also talked about how he interviewed several, 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 several people, and, and Coach Nardo was kind of kind of down on the list. Um, but then he also said there's only like four or five people in the country available that run the system that he wanted. So, I don't know, that's slightly contradictory. Um, and, and realistically, the heat that he's catching – is like, you know, what I'm seeing on social media, the, the common consensus is, quote-unquote, if this is the best we can really get, then we're in serious trouble. I, I think, I mean, yeah, that, that's a true statement. If, if Coach Nardo, somebody from Gannon University, is the best we can physically possibly get, then yeah, well, we do have serious problems. But I don't necessarily buy that side of it because we just got Derek Mason. So we just proved we can bring big boy coaches in from big boy schools in the SEC if we want to. But that's the thing, guys. Here's, here's why I bring this up. If you've been following uh, Coach Mike Gundy for a long time, you typically, you know what he's saying. And in my... um research what he's what he's saying is yes we could have got somebody quote-unquote better but they weren't going to be a good fit aka coach gundy always brings guys in that he knows he can control and he knows that they won't turn around and leave in one year two year three years 
the keeping a, a staff together for a long time, I understand that. I get that. I think it's good for Oklahoma State. I, hell, I think it's good for a lot of places. But when you're choosing uh, friendships over productivity, that I don't know. I mean, that, that should be an issue, right? That should be something that's talked about. But again, if you read between the lines, it's all about control and it's all about finding somebody that'll stay for a long time. Now, with that being said, uh, I will try to put the, the my Brian Nardo video um, attached when this video is over so you can check that out. I'm very high on Brian Nardo. I actually do think he's a very good hire. Do I have a problem with the way Gunny does his hiring? Kind of. Um, in the beginning, no. Like bringing in my Mike Yursich was, I thought, a very good idea because you know, you don't want to have a revolving door of coaches. But at the same time, like, if you have a coach that comes in that that can add that massive amount of productivity almost instantaneously, whether or even if it's two years, three years down the line, that's, that's one thing. But using as it a handicap, as a handicap still, right, eight, ten years later, that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, and I don't understand it. Because if you relinquish some control – I don't know. Maybe it could be beneficial. Um, yeah, who knows? I, I think I think he's a good hire. I really, really do. I just don't necessarily buy into the way Gundy necessarily goes about it. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of interesting things coming out of spring. Now, there are some updates on quarterback. Um, big updates, I, I would say. But I have not got them confirmed by enough people yet for me to kind of go with that. So we'll we'll leave that one uh, for a little bit later on. One of the interesting things is you're seeing Colin Oliver move to more of a um, a linebacker role, right? He's going to be a stand up type of guy, so you can envision like a Von Miller, right? Um, and it's going to give us a lot more flexibility at linebacker, which actually I don't think we're hurting at linebacker as much as people think with the loss of Mason Cobb. Right, that's another that's another big loss. But you bring in somebody like a Justin Wright, I do think that fills that gap immediately. Anybody who can have 111, 120 some odd tackles anywhere is going to be able to fill a void. And now we've got Colin Oliver that's rotating in that linebacker role as well. So we're doing some things predicated upon more three down lineman sets. Why? Because it seems to be a problem. TCU runs it. Iowa State runs it. A lot of other places run it. And it's it's really hard to prepare for if you have the team speed around it. And one of the reasons I think Brian Nardo is a very good get because he has played in a multitude of defenses. He's called games from a multitude of defenses, whether it be the 3-3-5, 4-3, 3-4. So this stand-up guy that can rotate between linebacker and defensive end, uh, it's something that's going to allow him to kind of spread his wings a little bit and show the world what he can do. So again, I think it's a good hire. And I like Colin Oliver moving more into a linebacker style of role. He's gotten a little bit quicker. He's he's shed five, six pounds already. He's not going to shed a lot because he is still going to be dealing with defensive ends, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, offensive tackles on a decent amount. So, you know, we're not going to change a whole lot there. But then you look over to, you know, we know that we've simplified the offense. We know that the running game is going to be an emphasis this year. And part of that is going to be the tight ends. So we brought in Josiah Johnson. Uh, we also brought in Ian Edenfield. Those are two guys who fit the prototypical tight end role, or at least that's what they were doing at the previous school. And then you have Josiah Johnson's come in. Uh, looks pretty good. He's put on 23 pounds, and he's got the frame to body by glass it 
for another 12, 15 pounds uh, by the time fall camp rolls around. So he's going to be able to provide, you know, almost instantaneously, which we need that. And you've got someone like Braden Cassidy coming back to play cowboy back, quote unquote, tight end for another year. No, not so fast. He's been converted to a fullback. And I think that uh, it's a good spot for him. So you have some traditional tight ends now. And then you have some people uh, like Leon Johnson III and, and Blaine Green that are going to be able to kind of spread out and be mismatch problems. So we now we have a true tight end. And then we also have the opportunity to have 6'5", 6'4", 6'6", slot receivers. That's going to be huge. That's going to be absolutely massive for opening up the offense for the running game. And guys, you know, I'm very sold on Leon Johnson. I will I, I will say one thing that I found was odd, right? So Leon Johnson, he's the transfer from George Fox University, 6'6", 215 or 235 pounds, has a 36-inch vertical, former basketball player, former baseball player, dad coached basketball. And I've talked multiple times about how what happened was a San Diego Charger scout recommended that he go D1 because he's wasting his talent at George Fox University. I find it odd that Gundy actually had never heard that. Uh, he said that that was news to him, which, I mean, you can you can peel that back on your own. Uh, but Gundy also said that, you know, you have to understand the nuances of the defenses more. So I got to give props to Gundy here. Uh, he said the last year or so, he's put a lot of time in to just learning defensively what needs to be done. And what Jim Knowles was doing, as opposed to uh, a, a Bill Clay or, or a Bill Young. Um, so I appreciate him really diving in and understanding defensively what we're doing and what we need. So hopefully we, we see that um, this year on the field, because going to more of a three down set for your, your defensive linemen, it's because you have a lot of athleticism. It's because you have a lot of team speed, which we, we've known that for quite some time. And when you talk to somebody like Lyric Rawls, like he loves the ability they have now to just completely fly around. It's a lot less thinking, a lot more doing. That does set yourself up to be potentially um, uh, misaligned or, you know, play action to death. But if you have the aggressive tendencies and you have the athleticism and speed to make it happen, stretch things out sideline to sideline. Yeah. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how it all comes together. Uh, another, another interesting tidbit that we have to get into, right? Gunny said that uh, he was confused and surprised by a couple of our transfers that left Oklahoma state. Now, obviously, you guys know that I have an issue with that statement because maybe he doesn't know, right? I, I don't buy that. There's no way he doesn't know. There's no way he doesn't know why all these dudes left. Some of them, yes, I get it. That's a complete surprise. But some of them, you knew exactly what was going to happen because you knew exactly how uh, the, the season went, right? And we, we brought up Spencer Sanders earlier, right? That, that, that's another one. He mentioned specifically Spencer Sanders was somebody that simply just wanted to go play somewhere else. That's a bold-faced lie, and he knows it. Spencer Sanders left because Spencer Sanders was sold a bill of goods that didn't happen throughout the course of the season, before the season even started. Spencer Sanders was sold on some stuff that didn't take place. Therefore, it's natural for him to go look for somewhere. So 
I didn't appreciate that, right? Gunny said that there's only a, a handful of reasons people leave, and it's either because of, what was it, playing time, and or uh, they were just uh, uncomfortable with, with the situation they were in, and they just wanted to go somewhere else. I can't remember what the, the, what the third one was, or the second one. Um, but, yeah, he said it was uh, playing time, uncomfortability, or... Dagnabbit. It makes me angry. I can't remember the other one. Um, but regardless, like, yeah, I don't know. I do get that he can't talk about, right, the conversations that were had privately that led to the dissension in the locker room. But I don't appreciate him bolt-faced just lying to, to people. Like, all he had to have said was, he didn't even have to bring up Spencer Sanders' name, actually. Like, there was no need to specifically bring up Spencer and then follow it up with Spencer left because he simply just wanted to go somewhere else. Now, come on, man. That's a lie. Stop lying to people. You don't have to disclose everything. We get that. But stop lying to us, brother. Another interesting thing was no spring game this year because of construction on one side of the stadium. And now we're hearing that next year there won't be a spring game either, most likely because they're going to do construction on the other side of the flipping seats. That is that is ridiculous, right? That is just pure, plain and simple laziness. There is a plethora. I'm talking about a plethora within walking distance of places they could hold the spring game. They just don't want to, right? And Gunny said, it doesn't benefit us at all to have a spring game right now. Okay. Now you're saying it doesn't benefit you to have one next year either because you know there's going to be construction? Like, come on, y'all. I mean, I get the spring game. It's more about the fans and the people on the bottom half, the depth chart. That's what the spring game is for. I get that. It doesn't always necessarily benefit the starters. But it does benefit those underclassmen. It does benefit the guys that are trying to crack the two deep. It does benefit the guys that are in that third place position. It benefits their family, their friends. Everybody gets to come watch. And the fan base, yes, it does give us an opportunity. But like Leon Johnson third, who doesn't want to see our new six foot six, 220-pound wide receiver? Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see the, the new production from the tight end position? Who doesn't want to watch the position battles we have right now at running back and wide receiver? which are pretty awesome. The O-line. The O-line is in a very, very odd, not odd, I would say good situation. Uh, so you're, you're hearing a lot of uh, out of camp right now when it comes to the offensive line that we could be seeing four new guys. Mind you, we return 99.9% .9 of our offensive line roster, and we could already have four new guys starting? That's impressive. Right, that's not a that's not a, a slight at the players who were already here last year. I think that that is more of of I don't know propping up the guys that we have now. Right, so we knew that Preston Wilson was kind of going to be the unquestioned leader, but then you got to remember Cole Birmingham's back, and Cole Birmingham has multiple starts under his belt. So even though he's new, he's not really new. Uh, but he didn't start last year, so technically he is a new guy. Jason Queso Brooks, he wasn't a full-time starter last year, right? He really didn't become a starter there towards the end of the game, even though, even up until that, he graded out as the best guard on the team.
collectively throughout the entirety of the season. He does make some stupid boneheaded mistakes, which I think the maturity side of things um, is gonna it's gonna be big for him this year. So he's fighting Dalton Cooper, the six foot seven uh, transfer that. In 1,328 snaps, only allowed seven sacks, right? That guy, he's in a competition right now with somebody like Caleb Etienne, a returning starter. Everybody was really high, and Caleb Etienne comes in. You, I mean, he's a mountain of a man, six foot eight, almost 400 pounds. He had to shed 65 pounds in two years before he could really be productive. So this is yet another season of him having the body by glass to get himself in a better position. So he's competing now. Joe Mikulski played quite a few games. Right, Taylor Materko has started multiple games. I think Calvin Harvey's a good a good prospect. Six foot eight, three hundred fifty pounds. Had a year in the system now. Had a year to develop his body. Uh, he's coming in now as a redshirt freshman, second year in the system. Yeah, I, I'm really confident with the offensive line. I'm very very confident with the offensive line. And you do have to take into consideration. Last year we lost ten, twelve, some odd receive uh, transfers on the O line. So last year for spring. We were really hamstrung on what we could and couldn't do in practice as far as getting reps, right? So even having a spring game last year, with all of the craziness we had going on the online, not super beneficial. Except for, like this is the, the part of the equation I don't understand. We, we tend to forget somehow that spring game is for the 2D, the fans, the, the brothers, the sisters, the cousins, the parents. And we're just not going to do it. Two years in a row, we're just not going to do it. Can can somebody please tell me how that's going to benefit everybody? Who benefits by not having a spring game? Because this, this whole talk of it doesn't benefit us as a team at all to have a spring game may be the case. But doesn't it mean we're alienating people even more? Potentially, possibly. Hell, we've talked about the tailgate scene. It's not like it used to be. It's still pretty good. But we're just... We're letting things infect us that shouldn't. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I just... I, I don't appreciate getting lied to. We know. I know with 100% certainty why Spencer left. And it wasn't because he just wanted to. I know why Braylon Presley and Boogie... And Bryson left. And it's not because they just wanted to. Okay? So stop trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to stand up there on a podium and talk about a bunch of stuff. Like, you don't want any negative connotations going around. I get that. But don't lie to us, brother. We're going to keep buying tickets. We're going to keep coming to the games. We're going to keep supporting regardless of what does or does not happen. But again, just just this little bubble box of keeping everything inside Boone Pickens Stadium, can somebody also tell me how that's beneficial for the university, how it's beneficial for the growth of the fan base, how it's beneficial to the growth of the student body? I don't know. A lot of, a lot of questions. Um, I, I want to hear from you. You comment down below. Do you think all of this verbiage is purposely being put forth to give us the indication that it's going to be a rebuild and maybe we shouldn't expect anything much. It's a hard pill to swallow. So you tell me, but 
So the next breakdown we're going to do is going to be over the running back position. And I'm trying to swing something extra for that. So I want to do a breakdown and then bring another guest on the show, whether it be a Tatum Bell or Kai Staley or somebody like that, to do a breakdown of my breakdown of the, of the, of the position. So I think I'm going to try to uh, pull that off. It's going to be interesting how this spring goes because I'm telling you things are in a very tight box, uh, tighter than ever. Getting information right now, it's more difficult than it's ever been. And it's always been, you got to piece it together, right? You got to take what this person says and this person says and that person and get it through the people inside the locker room and, and then get it through, you know, through the interviews and stuff, right? You got to dissect a lot of what's going on through multiple sources and multiple avenues. That's always been the case. But I'm telling you, it's more difficult now than ever before. So, until the next one, as always, I love you all. God bless. Go, folks. And I'll see you around the turn, and we get to talk about the running back position. All right, y'all. Later.